Everybody listen to We're Not Wizards. Because we are the best. And we're not wizards. No matter what anybody says. Goodbye. to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for February. <laughs> There's a warmth to February or there could be a warmth to February. It's depending on what you're doing. Whether you're staying at home with some lovely um, central heating or whether you are, you know, maybe outside roughing it. Not just by yourself though, with your buds. You know, putting some more logs on the fire. Watching it crackle in the air, you know, and just enjoying have maybe having a sing song, or maybe you're just sitting there wondering how your Kickstarter is doing so well on such a delightful and simple little idea. And uh, well, I'm not doing that, but the person I'm speaking to, um, you could see he had a little spark oh. before the flame. Oh, he did it! It's He's only gone and done it. <laughs> I did. It's it's the guy who decides to interrupt before I finish my intro from 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 board game bud. I've got Rob Sparks. Yeah Hello Hello <laughs> That was Hello. that was nice. That was the best. I need that recorded just for whenever I enter a room now. Something that oh the Dorset Dawn's well, Scottish. <laughs> the interest the interesting thing is that this conversation will potentially possibly be available for you to download <laughs> in oh a God. couple of days time <laughs> isn't that That's isn't exciting. that just isn't that just something something exciting something mm. amazing um what happened was basically um the uh, Cesar kind of contacted me he's quite intimidating he's very kind of in control you know and he contacts me and he just says, he uses big words that I don't understand because he's a businessman and he's a busy businessman. And what he said is, he says something along the lines of, Richard, I've got this fantastic Kickstarter campaign coming to Kickstarter very, very soon. And he says, I was wondering if there was any way that you would like to speak to one of the creators. And I said, of course I do. You've, uh, you're, um, you know, I'm not going to turn you down because you scare me. And he said, good old man, I'll put you in contact. And that's kind of how it went. And uh, obviously, <laughs> the next thing that I did was me and Rob shared a couple of emails. And now we're having a chat about about his game, which is doing fantastically well on Kickstarter. You must be slightly more than happy about yeah. the current situation. Yeah, I can't. I can't say that I'm. Uh, I can't say that I'm disappointed. Uh, who'd have thought? Little tin full of blocks, tin, tinder blocks full of blocks. <laughs> Could say, yeah, it's done. It's done really well. I, to be honest, on the day that it went off, I, I work in this like co-working studio, and everyone else in the studio was way more like running up to me and like, oh my god, have you seen the number now? Have you seen the number now? And I was like trying to do some work. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe it. Like funded in two and a half hours was. Uh, yeah, I can't can't complain for a first time. So yeah, but I think like it's just mad to think that you know just you have loads of people playing your game. You just are like, oh god, I can't wait for them to start making campfires indoors. Maybe actually set it on fire. That's going to be a DLC actually. I think just a pan of can of petrol. <laughs> you actually said a box of matches to people in yeah. the post <clears throat> and just says tender blocks too. The burning. <laughs> This time it's real. <laughs> but in all fairness, the kind of the feedback that I've been reading, um, not obviously because we got a chance to play it ourselves, because I asked Cesar and he went, that's not part of the agreement. He says, if I want somebody to play, I'll go and speak to the polyhedron collider guys. If I want somebody to talk, then I'll speak to you, okay? 
And I went, okay, sir, I'm really, really sorry. I'm painting a really bad picture of Cesar at the moment. He's not. He's a really, really lovely guy. But at the same time, the um, the word around the campfire is, and they're just going to keep coming, is that um, people are having a lot of fun with this. I mean, the giant brain have spoken about it, and they, they, you know, they seem to be impressed. Polyhedron Collider were, you know, I think it was Rory uh, J. Summers who kind of did a write up on it, and he really, really liked the kind of the kind of the concept. Is that has that been a bit of a surprise? Because I know it's it's kind of easy to look through things in a blinkered manner and have there's a mixture between kind of confidence and also there's a little bit of self kind of doubt. But when you were sending this out, a ticket, you, did you have a level of confidence to say, "Look, I know this is actually, this is actually pretty decent." I mean, yeah, I've, it, I so like uh, Ali Cat sort of have been great and all this. They've sort of been sending out the the review copies and like I haven't necessarily known where they've gone. So every day I've just been like going on like Twitter, just doing a little search. Mm-hmm. Every having having to do the same thing every day. I was searching Tinder blocks and it's like, did you mean Tinder box? I'm like, no, latest Tinder blocks. <laughs> like, and then just going through them. <laughs> um, and yeah, I I actually think. Is yeah, like the it's the feedback from people has just been ridiculous. Like it's nice seeing the, the obviously the Kickstarter is doing really well, but seeing like people in the comments and people reviewing and having such a good time and yeah, I I think there was an element of confidence when I gave the game the original version to Ali Cat. Like it was just before UK Games Expo last year, and um, yeah, 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 it was uh, it was entered into. Uh, I think they have this like publisher speed dating event. Very, uh, very sensual. <laughs> you have to <laughs> submit a game and then uh, buy them dinner and then uh, hope that they buy your game. No, they... <laughs> they but ultimately... <laughs> you can't say things like you can't actually say stuff like that because there'll be people be going listening and going, bribery. I knew bribery. it. There's definitely bribery. And it's like, no, it was a McDonald's. <laughs> I let them keep the toy. You know. Just, just so well, I chalk it exactly. <laughs> A little chocolate milkshake, and I know Cesar goes daft for a chocolate milk. He's he goes mad for a chocolate milkshake. I mean, you can smell one from about three hundred feet away. So if you, I mean, if you went in with armed with a chocolate milkshake, I'd just surprise he went right. Like if I sign this game now, can I just have the milkshake? And you would have went, yeah, sure. Back on. I'm, I'm taking notes here for the sequel, just in case I need to bribe them. <laughs> What's that going to be? Is that going to be just called Ashes? Ashes, yeah. It's just a box of ash. It's a dexterity game it's with particles. It's just, just a bunch of dust. Stack up the dust. Make the old how campfire. bad would that be? How bad? How amazing would you have to be at dexterity to win a, like, a dexterity game where it's just dust on the table and you have to move bits of. Bits of dust around. Just like wood shavings you know. and ash, yeah. Mm. <laughs> dust. Dust. Just dust. Kind of dust. You've got to you've got to guess. You've got to piece together what it was beforehand. And nobody knows. Like the, nobody guesses. It's the worst jigsaw puzzle ever. <laughs> World's hardest one for sure. That does that does remind me of the, the worst joke ever about um, a box of frosties. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody tried to do a jigsaw of the tiger kind of thing. And it's not in that order and I've ruined it, but it doesn't matter anyway. Um, you like a tin. I do. And, you know, I'm glad I asked this before we did the podcast, because otherwise you'd be going, like a what? <laughs> <laughs> like a tin? <laughs> like a what? Is it, why, is, mm. why is there no subtitles on this thing? Is this not working? We is had a little... Little confrontation before about a ten. Was a ten? It was an all-out fight. I mean, <laughs> it was a fight. Let's face it. Mm. You know, it got a bit. I'm only heated. doing this now because hey? Cesar's got that hold on me, and I can't get away. But otherwise, I'd be just like going right. I don't care. <laughs> You'll have to get success your own way with your <laughs> project about burning stuff. Mm. But um, what is it? Because you've been kind of developing, designing games for a little while. But what what attracts you about the kind of the little the kind of the little mint the mint tin games specifically? Like uh, to be honest, it started off as just like I entered a contest for the I think it was the 20, 2018 mint tin design challenge, um, mm-hmm. 
and because uh, I was kind of doing loads of different designs, and they were kind of they were, they were getting like pretty far, but I never actually really finished finished one, or by at least yeah. I've never written never written a rule book for any of them by this point. Um, so entered this contest like sort of thinking yeah why not just have a little sort of go at something a bit different and um yeah i just found that like the moment i had such like a big constraint which was the tin i mean there's only so much you can fit in there um i found that it actually just made me like it seemed to just click like i had i, c- I couldn't go down the classic like early designer rabbit hole of just constantly adding stuff um, because there's literally only there's only so many cards you can fit in a tin or so many dice. Um, so I kind of found it just like sharpened my design skills like all of a sudden because, you know, I had a lot of designs sort of getting a bit bloated and um, yeah, it kind of made me design something really simple, really accessible and actually made me, the contest made me have a, I need, I'm somebody who needs like a fire under my ass to finish stuff, so... No, no. Oh right, intended. okay. <laughs> but the um, that's, the uh, that's I, fine. I, I, I put the worst one in already. So. <laughs> nice one. I, <laughs> I I need a deadline. Like I need a deadline to do stuff to to really finish it. Uh-huh. Uh, so like the contest deadline was great, and like the fact that I realised once I started sort of coming up with the game was called Packet Tin, and it was this. Yeah, it's, I'm all about puns. Uh, it's Packet Tin. And it was about packing a suitcase just to go on holiday. And like you, the idea of the game was that like, you packed it away as you played. If the better you did, the sort yeah. of more of the game you actually packed away, which I thought was kind of kind of neat. But the um, yeah, I found that like I started to sort of do some work on it, and then as I got like nearer and nearer the deadline, and the sort of like that fear that you need to actually finish it started creeping in. I realized like I'd never done a rule book before and I never really like had to play test a game fully like over and over and over again. Cause I just inflicted my raw, horrible prototypes on my friends at the time. <laughs> Bribe them with beer though, obviously. <laughs> it's, the only, it's the only way that they would come. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just kind of got to this point where I realized I'd never done a rule book, never done play testing, not even like branding the game. Uh, you know, there were loads of elements that I'd never, never had to do um that i had to suddenly do for this and it kind of like it just sort of it did really well i ended up winning the contest uh sort of i think first in three categories and third in the other two so i was like chuffed to chuffed to bits of that and i think once that kind of sort of resolved i just continued making minton games because it just it's like yeah it's that it's that there's only so much you could fit and I don't know, I really like, I, I I don't know, you probably have, I think this is a universal problem, but like, I have no more room on my shelves for board games. <laughs> like, it's absolutely full. Uh, I still buy them. I always have these Kickstarters turning up. I'm like, I have literally know where to put this. <laughs> but, you know, but like, you know, little minting games, you just chuck them in your pocket. You know, they, they don't take up any room and go to the pub, have a cheeky little game here and there. And yeah, that's kind of how it, how it all started. And I just kept rolling with it, really, you know. But, Are you from a design background then? I mean, as a kind of normal job job or yeah. career, is that is that where you're kind of involved? Yeah, like, well, I was a, I was a pro, I went to, I did like a really like quite sort of half programming and making a lot of like weird stuff at uni, <laughs> like, like in, making uh, like electronic instruments and, and mm-hmm. uh, like weird art installations. So half of the course was like graphic design, the other half was programming and uh circuitry and then i kind of went into an app like wow. an app, app development job uh with uh and like front end web sort of stuff for a while but mm-hmm. then i kind of i got a little bit uh i got a little bit bored of the programming to be honest <laughs> i found like fixing other people's bugs was just mind numbing so uh but it was a small team and like i worked remotely for like my whole career so they kind of needed a graphic designer to start doing brand stuff and i just yeah. sort of started self-teaching myself um yeah so i kind of started like doing brand design for websites and you know rather than programming the front end sort of actually designing the wireframes and stuff um yeah and it just kind of kind of evolved into sort of like because the company i worked for had so many different websites that they needed like a different brand for each one that i just had so much practice yeah making names and doing branding and all that stuff and it's surprisingly transferable to board games like 
probably the favorite part of making a board game is actually like i think when i get the name and in my head like think of like what the logo kind of looks like i'm very like on board to finish it so uh yeah like I, i definitely come from a design background i just i love that part of it like designing cards i think like getting into board games like it was I got into them like after I was a graphic designer and I was just so blown away by like how beautiful so many games are like and just yeah. how how much they get across with like just like so little just a bit of artwork and yeah so I think that it, that's the massive draw for me like obviously as well like I think the programming background really helps with like thinking of mechanics and systems and even like debugging a little bit which is uh, you know <laughs> the playtesting thing sort of element of it so yeah, I think like it's definitely been. I didn't think I would be designing board games, but I didn't realize that that career was actually going to be super useful. Uh, you know, from here. So, yeah, no, it's it's been good. So, the in terms of the visual stuff, so you in terms of your game taste, then are you likely to give a game more of a chance if it's kind of if it looks like really really good then? Or do you solely judge it on the gameplay? But do you respect, you know, when you're looking at, say, if you're looking at, like, a um, a really, really well kind of um, designed game, mm. are you, and I'm not talk, talking kind of, like, mechanics-wise, but just looks absolutely stunning, are you more likely to kind of give it a little bit of respect for the obvious amount of time that it's taken to actually design all the artistic pieces and stuff like that that's part of the game? It's mm, a good question. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think just just I mean, a good looking game sells. Like if it has a table presence, or if it's got you know just gorgeous artwork, or you know even if it's like quite abstract and like art light, but it's just got really good use of like design sort of uh, theory of like colors and stuff. Like it's definitely a big draw for me. Um, it will get me to the table, like for sure whether it will keep me there is a different thing. Like I would, I would rather play an ugly game that was just so like well thought out mechanically and scratched mm. like an itch that I was going for than one that's sort of maybe a bit, uh, you know, a lot of emphasis on just the design of the actual like assets and stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely think like, I, I absolutely love like when you go to like board game shops and or like cafes and stuff and you just kind of see, there's like little boxes of possibility and you're kind of like, it's like choosing the ones that like you get most drawn to because some of them you just sort of look at, you're like, that is just not my game. Never going to want to play that. Like if I bring yeah. like any of some of my friends who don't go into board games, like I've, I've made the mistake of uh, like, I always let my friends just choose, especially if they've not played board games before. And I'll give them a warning if I'm like, I don't know if you want to play this yet. Like maybe start with a starter before you go into like a full seven course meal. But um, like uh, Viticulture is gets picked a lot. And I'm always like, just so you know, if you've never played board games before, you, this is a bit meatier than you might think. But they're like, yeah, but it looks so nice. Yeah, and I love is, drinking yeah. wine. And oh, it looks so lovely. And I'm like, no, it is. It's really great. <laughs> it's my favorite board game. But like, I've just said, and I made the mistake of like, yeah dumping it down in front of people and then they're just like halfway through they're like oh my god my brain is melting i'm having to learn a million different things <laughs> i'm like i'm so sorry like i'm there having the best time like <laughs> they're just like ah oh. it's, it's, it's easy like to one do. of those things it's one of those things like teaching people how to cook an excellent meal but then telling them every single time they try they actually need to eat what they've actually made so far as well so I think mm-hmm. pretty soon they're kind of like oh god this is meant to be so lovely but I can't be more like kind of anymore this is absolutely <laughs> terrible please let me go oh. um, do you in terms of the, the graphical look of your own games do you have quite a disciplined approach in order to kind of make things look as different as possible because I mean you mentioned um, you met, you know you mentioned obviously viticulture, which mm. has a kind of like a certain, a kind of a certain look and feel. But one of the things that um, Jamie Stegmeier at Stonemaier Games is is probably pretty famous for is that all of his games seem to have a kind of almost like a classical art a type watercolor type style. I mean, if you look at Wingspan, mm. you know, if you look at um, if you look at Scythe, if you look at you know, as they say, viticulture, there's a kind of a certain kind of um, 
ye olde style art <laughs> to it, you know, between two cities. I think the only one that kind of stretches out a bit is maybe Euphoria. Mm. But for someone like yourself, because you've got <clears throat> because you've got that design background, are you quite disciplined to say, actually let's do let's make something look Ken, I want something to look kind of different from the last time because I'm looking at, say, the port, uh, the poison gardens of uh, Alwick, mm. and I'm looking at then I'm also then looking at pack it in, and then I'm looking at uh, your unbearable, and they've all got very kind of differing kind of graphical styles. Is that a conscious decision that you made to say they're mint tins, but let's make them look as far away from each other as possible? Yeah, I think it's. It, it is a conscious decision. I think it's also just, just getting better at actually doing it. Um, you know, with sort of packet tin, like that's one that that's the first one. And it definitely, it's definitely like from the outside looks really good. I think that it's the one that I'm least happy with the sort of like graphic designs of it. Um, but then I just kind of, I got, I guess I got practice at like what to, what to, what to add and, and actually even just having like the assets that I build for like the card sizes mm -hmm. and all that stuff yeah. on hand means that like when I first did Packet Tin, I had to figure out the size of the cards and print them and I had to do it. I have a really crap printer. So it was just like, it was never the right <laughs> size. And uh, like, so I eventually got that down and then same with the rule books and stuff. Like you kind of, I get all the sizes now so I can kind of very quickly get something sort of done. And then because I'm not wasting, not wasting, I don't want to say wasting, but like, because I'm not delicately spending time doing uh, like that slog work before, um, yeah. I have more time to sort of focus on, okay, how do I make it look better? Like how, what could I improve on the previous version or, you know, and then because I then make those assets, I now have those for future games that I'll slightly remix. So it's kind of like just, just doing, I like, I, I don't get the chance to design games as much these days, but, um, but like when sort of, I remember like last year I was just churning games out constantly and it, you know, it meant that you just sort of get to the point where the like you just have quick assets you can just use and then you can change them and you can update them um like that's just on the design side but like from the point of view of the the like they're also different like unbearable is the big one that i'm really looking forward to like hopefully launching this year um they they sort of i think um like i want it so that when you kind of open the tin it's a bit of like an experience in itself uh like every time you open a different one so like packet team when you open it you get to see like a passport and you get to see like a boarding yeah. card and all this stuff whereas in like tinder blocks it was like you open it and there's like a fire i mean it used to have a lot of like stuff on the inside of the tin uh inside lid yeah um but the um you'd like open it up and there was like a card and then it had like a little campfire and you pull it off and then there's just all these blocks underneath like same with yeah. unbearable you open it and it's like there's like sort of the start of a camp uh, sort of site. It's not. It's not. It's not a fire making. It's not another fire making game. I say camp. No, that you're, you're running away from a grizzly bear. It's a very, very different kind of tone. <laughs> but um, yeah, I like the idea that you sort of you're going to buy a game and you open it up and then it's like, oh wow, this is just makes me want to kind of get in there, sort of thing. And um, naturally, I think just because I like making, I like sort of trying to make very different games from the previous ones it naturally just kind of makes sort of the the, 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 the times the sped up time element of having the assets already and the desire to like make a new game. It kind of just has naturally progressed to sort of very different things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just sort of like, it's a nice, nice to have a variety of stuff as well to show. Like I have, I've got a game called Lost in Space, which is, I know there's so many tin puns. Unbearable is the only one without a tin pun actually right now. But I love how you just... That inner groan is right up there. I'm thinking like, okay, so how, how can we move the conversation? Where can we go next with this chat? What can I ask Rob next? And you hit me with a tin pun and my brain just goes... <laughs> You're just, just awestruck at how brilliant it is or <laughs> how awful yeah, it is, Richard I guess. Dot, Richard.podcast.exe has stopped working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just fun. Oh. I, I, I don't care. I love, the, I love the puns. I'm a big fan of the puns. Give me a, give me, give me a board game pun. What are you going to do when you run out of puns? But what are you going to do when you run out of puns, though? 
I mean, is that you're going to be like, oh, I've got some brilliant ideas for a game, but I can't actually think of an appropriate pun. So therefore, technically, I can't make the game. I'm stuffed. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll have to retire. That's that's it. If I if I can't think of a if I can't think of a pun for the name, then the game doesn't get done. Never gets finished. It's it's the most critical part to marketing the game. <laughs> no, I just I I that's they always cool. start off as really boring names, you know. It'll be like Tin Game One, <laughs> yeah. Tin Game Five, but then yeah, they kind of get the theme as you go, so it gets a bit better. Mm. Did um did the idea for Tinderbox? Did you just come along? I mean, was it kind of there? Did you kind of like wait? What? What actually? Yeah, let's do that. And then it just worked. Or was it something that you started off? Was there a lot of work to get it down to where it is just now? Uh, well, Tinderblocks was actually probably the the quickest game I've designed. Um, it was something that. So I mean, it's been it's been like uh, sort of made a lot more accessible since the version that I made. But it's it's basically this it's it's a it's basically the sort of same game. It's just removed a few bells and whistles here and there, but the core game's the same. And actually, it it was a bit of a weird sort of freak incident because uh, my sister and my mum were talking about. Well, my sister, uh, shout out to Jenny, was uh, recently uh, was 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 I think single at this point. This is a while ago, and um, they were talking about Tinder. My mum was like, I don't really understand yeah. it. So I was like, my Jenny was explaining this to my mum, which was just funny in itself. Um, and then I was sat there thinking like, oh, I wonder how you'd make a Tinder board game. Um, oh, wow. You know, like, how would that work? And I had this, like, we, we then we all started talking about it. Like, we were a bit drunk. So, you know, it's understandable we got <laughs> to this. But I had like a deck of, I thought, how about a deck of cards with just like people's faces up like so it's all face up and then you literally just swipe the cards off the deck left and right and then that was the mechanic like i didn't really get much further than that but i was like that could be kind of funny you know so completely unrelated (laughs) (laughs) completely unrelated um but then the next day i went home and i was playing uh the quacks of quedlinburg um which is oh yeah oh i love that game literally could play that anytime um but i was thinking in my mind like i would love to make uh a mint tin version of the quacks of quellenberg like just capture that that feeling of like you're dipping your hand in and it's you you know it's that sort of like oh i wonder what i'll get you pull it out and then it's there's no like eh it's always like oh thank god or like yeah uh, oh yeah. hell yeah you know and um i was trying to like see if i could capture that specific thing so i got a tin and i got my copy of Islebound uh from ryan lockett um and it had these like little cardboard wood uh tokens in there um and it also had what is now in tinder blocks these sort of wood actual fruity wood pieces um but the original idea was what about if i could get you like put all the wood cardboard flat wood pieces in the uh wood tokens in the tin and you got like some sort of fire pieces that you would have to like close the tin shake it and then you'd open it and see if like it kind of looked like a campfire and there'll be some weird scoring stuff. And I, I played it and it was, yeah. it was, it was shocking. It was really bad. <laughs> I was like, this is the most boring <laughs> game I have ever played. Um, and I was just sat there with like the tin and the wooden blocks from like, that I wasn't even using for that prototype. They were just next to me because I put them out of the box and I just kind of pulled them out. Whilst I was thinking, I was literally just stacking the, uh, the sort of yellow and red blocks and the, and then the little logs. And, I was I was just sort of thinking like this is kind of fun to be honest. Just you know, blocks are cool. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But I then literally just thought, I wonder if these would be better with tweezers. And it really did just out of nowhere. The whole game just sort of came to me where I thought, well, if I get a card and you have to stack mm-hmm. them up, and uh, the original game had a dice that you rolled to decide what you place. You didn't have the cards. Uh, though I prefer it with the cards because you get more variety of, of of sort of stuff and you might not get the same turn coming up twice and stuff. But the original one was just you roll a D6 and like it was like a cinder or a left-handed log or whatever. Um, and I just started to, to play that. And it it to be honest, the rules didn't really change from that. It took probably about the game. I think I sort of had the whole core game idea in, a, in an evening. And then the next day I sort of actually like thought about it like really started to think about like okay well what's like what's the what's the aim here is this like 
sort of Jenga? Is there a more strategy to this? And I started playing it with my friends and they just went wild for it. Like, and so it kind of, it did kind of evolve out of a very funny conversation with my sister and my mom. Um, and yeah, it was a bit of a freak sort of like, I mean, it was pretty lucky to be honest that I just sort of had those pieces in front of me and it just clicked all of a sudden. So yeah, I mean, I, as far as any of my games go that like I spend quite a long time on, that one was definitely the one that was the shortest and sweetest for sure. Like it was, it was pretty great to play that. And then like I was sort of, uh, I sort of submitted it to the publisher designer speed dating event and uh, it didn't even get that far because Caesar saw it on, um, saw the sell sheet and he literally, he said to me, he literally like jumped up and was like, sign that game right now to uh, I think Simon, his uh, his teammate. <laughs> and I was like, there were a few more expletives, but I'll, I'll hold this back. <laughs> the, uh, the uh, but the uh, yeah, and they literally just they asked for a prototype, and I sent it to them, and yeah, the, I mean, I, I, I the, the sort of everything was sorted before I got to UK Games Expo. So it was a very very good Games Expo for me to just sort of go to my first ever board game expo. You know, only been designing games for like sort of just under a year, and um, yeah, and then to go there and be like, I've got my first game signed. Like that, that was just an incredible experience for me. Um, and they were great. Like Alley Cat have been really great with the whole process. They they gave me a bunch of free games when I went to UK Games Expo. So I was like, oh god, I feel like feels like a celebrity already. <laughs> <laughs> Some kind of royalty. I know. Okay, here's my actual list of games that I want. Get them. Get them immediately. But mm. it's all it's got is four copies of Quacks of Quidlingburg. <laughs> yes, I know what I like. Just get me those four copies now. But oh, yeah. is it kind of, it must have been really kind of cool for your kind of levels of confidence as a designer as well to think, well, actually... Maybe I am cut out for this. Maybe this is somewhere I can, you know, something I can do and somewhere I can actually go. Because um, I know the biggest struggle for a lot of designers is getting anybody to look at their game. Because there's no point going to friends and family. Because friends and family, family go, they'll either go one or two things. They're going, oh, you're still doing this, are you? Or they'll go, this is amazing. This is fantastic. This is brilliant. It's like I've not even opened up the box. <laughs> I know, but. I'm just practicing, and you know, and and it, but then to get it, kind of get noticed. You go through the thing of, of um, play test groups and mm. blind play testing and all that kind of oh, nonsense. Yeah. But was your original plan? Did you actually think of taking it to the Kickstarter route yourself, or were you kind of always look? I just need. I'm just going to pitch this around some publishers and and see who's going to potentially take it on. I mean, to, at, at this point, I didn't really, I didn't really think that far ahead. I, I was so caught mm-hmm. up in just, I had my head down, just making games constantly. Um, you know, I, 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 obviously, most of them were absolutely terrible. But like, you know, you get one good idea out of one, and then that's fine. It served its purpose. You take that, and you can use it again later. So I wasn't really thinking about, I wasn't really thinking about it, not, not, not seriously. But I was kind of thinking, yeah, this is kind of cool. Um, it wasn't until that first, you know, contest when I won that is when I started to think, oh, okay, like maybe there's something to this. And, um, yeah, for, for Tinderblocks to just get picked up, I was just, you know, super chuffed with that, that I kind of, I didn't really think this far ahead, you know, to the point where we're now sort of, you know, we have our own company and we're looking to sort of spend the year getting, just sort of like getting very slowly getting a few of our own games out self-published and then also working with sort of collaborating with other people and working with like licensing games to publishers. I mean, a year ago, if I, uh, I think a year ago, I literally just got the results for Packet Tin, which was, uh, you know, that I'd won. And I was like, whoa, this is pretty cool. Uh, to think now it's, it's, it's pretty <laughs> mind blowing to be honest. It's a, it's a lot of work though. Like it's a lot of work setting up a company, I have to say, but yeah. I have to say it's, it's, it's very rewarding. Um, and, but you're right. I think you've actually touched on a really good point there where it's like, it is really hard to get the sort of, uh, I guess the, um, interest in what you're doing. Uh, you're, you're totally right. You bring it to friends and family and you know, they're, they're always going to be, they're always going to be sweeter than you, than you, than you actually, yeah. you know, it's, you know, you could be like, this is my horrible child of a game. And then they're just like, it's so beautiful. You're like, oh, thanks. And then you'll show it to someone no. else. They're like, this is horrible. <laughs> um, but 
I think that in that case, like, I never really needed that sort of, um, uh, it was just really, like, a blessing to get it from, like, a big publisher, especially one that I'm really, like, respect, like, Alley Cat Games. But to be honest, like, I had, because I had the Instagram, I think, like, my Board Game Bud Instagram page was actually the most fundamental part of uh, actually being sort of feeling like I don't need to like you just get so much support like if you post something like a little, little picture of, of of one of your games and you know you get a few likes and stuff it's when somebody comments like I like this this is really cool and they don't have to do that like they could totally just yeah. you know um, I think that actually was that was that was the main thing and the support has just been ridiculous like I'm so lucky to have such a great sort of like group of people on there and there's so many like there's nothing better than whenever i see sort of new designers or veteran designers posting their designs up and having a good conversation about it and stuff like i wish uh i wish i could use board game geek i think the <laughs> i think there's a lot more better <laughs> stuff there but the, the the ui just makes me cry so <laughs> i'm like as a graphic designer yeah. i'm like oh oh but you know, yeah, it doesn't matter. Just find your community, and you know, it, like it, it will hold you through a lot of the, lot of the, the, the self doubt, I guess. Um, I think that's, I think that's the most difficult thing for a lot of people um, nowadays because uh, I think there are people like, say, um, Cesar, <laughs> who know, and I'm not going to say anything nasty about him, but you have to take his hat, so the hat, you know your hats off to him that he saw that you know he did lab wars and then he was like do you know what i i i'm really good at kind of like organizing stuff and getting stuff together and then the next thing you know he is like bringing on game after game Mm -hmm. after game on a kickstarter and they all seem to be doing just phenomenally well you know he's, he's like he's dice dice hospital for goodness sake chocolate factory oh, yeah. i mean these are games that i mean these are games that are getting <clears throat> remarkably positive praise from all different types of angles so it's almost like a case of when the next alley cat games kickstarter comes out they've got a huge fan base for them to go ahead and i understand that's really really difficult to build as somebody who <clears throat> you know, has been doing this for four years. Mm. I know the importance of community and I also know how difficult it is to build up a community. And I know for a lot of board game designers, that's a really, really difficult thing to do is to actually go out there and and represent yourself. And because some people just, that's not their bag. It's not what they're Mm. used to doing. They've designed a cracking game. And the number of times, and I see it quite a lot, is I'll get sent a game. And it's really good. I mean, it's really good to play. But it kind of whimpers off onto the side and nobody's ever heard about it because the person themselves, they're not of, they're not that person who can swing it about and go, hey, look at my game kind of thing. They're not that type of person. And I see a lot of games kind of fall into the wayside kind of, kind of because of that. And that's why things like what Cesar's doing is really, really important for, to give some designers or a lot of designers that kind of platform where they can jump on to Kickstarter mm-hmm. and not have this have people asking going well who who the hell are you never heard of you <laughs> kind I of think. thing they're going oh it's Alley Cat Games oh we can just go ahead and, and kind of kind of back kind of straight away um, would you move away from the mint tin then or uh-huh. is this your <laughs> wheelhouse uh, I mean so. Full disclosure: the unbearable is not technically in a mint tin. That's actually in a slightly bigger tin, but it's still basically a mint tin. <laughs> it's just got like a little bit more room. So, um, yeah, I'm, yeah, of course. Like I've designed, a, I've designed a bunch of non mint tin games. Um, I like, I like, yeah. I like to do roll and writes. I think, I think if you're interested in board game design uh, or just getting better at like board game design, you can't go wrong on roll and writes because. Well, Joyster, you literally just, you need a blank piece of paper and you could literally, yeah. ha- like, you don't have to worry about having loads of board games that you can pull resources out and test with. You literally need dice and you literally need a pencil and a paper and you can just start coming up with some really interesting ideas um, and you can go really far with it. Um, I think I would like to design sort of 
bigger box games, but it's definitely, I just like portable games. Like I think I've got so many big box games that just never hit the table. And uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, everyone has that shelf of shame sort of thing where, you know, I think um, like one, of, you know, one game that I absolutely love is I've got Joan of Arc um, from Mythic Games. Absolutely, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely love Mythic Games. They're like they're they're so brilliant. Um the only problem is that that that, that beast takes like an hour to set up. <laughs> like an hour to put yeah. away. And it's uh, so amazing once it's up. The game is brilliant, but it just doesn't really get the chance to hit the table because, you know, if we've got friends over and we've got an evening, it's just not gonna happen. Like so I, I like I like I like really interesting huge big box games with millions of minis and stuff but i like games i actually get to play more like just just the nature of it um so i yeah i you know i definitely would do other style games but i'm loving that i'm loving the tins the sturdy they're kind of waterproof ish at least more than a, a box is um yeah you can stack them yeah you can stack it you can, can stack you can, can stack them a little rattle they, they sound better than a box <laughs> Where do you get them from? I mean, do you steal, do you steal them from old people, um, or <laughs> do you get them like on? Is there a, a mint tin supply? And I mean, if you go on public transport, do you get people trying to sit next to you because your breath is so minty fresh? Well, uh, I so I try to coerce, uh, sort of. I try to coerce a lot of elderly people to sort of show me where they keep their their hard boiled sweet supply. So I dig through the Werther's originals and the uh, you know the mint humbugs and find their mint tins and just uh, make games out of them. So I mean, I buy them online. Like they're not. They're, they're, I think they're they're sort of. Um, there's a. I actually have discovered a really good website called Tinware Direct, which is I've been buying them from like Amazon. That isn't a plug. I'm not. I'm not even. That's not like I'm not sponsored by them. No, I bet they you are totally sit there on like a Thursday night when there's nothing on the telly and just like scroll through, <laughs> just like an ah. I'm not even kidding. I could totally I could... fit me. Could totally fit standing meeples in there. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I've I've literally just been. Uh, I've been browsing that site. Oh, so good. Um, no, the um, it's just like you've bookmarked pages, haven't you? <laughs> Don't lie. It's for the bedroom. Don't worry about. It. <laughs> no, the, they, they're sort of just. I get them. I used to get them from like Amazon, and then they're just they, they're a bit shoddy. And then I found this site, and yeah, I got to the point where I stopped killing myself and stopped ordering like one or two tins at a time, and I just order a box, a box of like thirty six of them, and I was like, well, okay, let's do it. But to be honest, actually, the reason and this is actually another big thing about my. Uh, 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 like how I got into minting stuff was like a previous partner that I used to have. Um, she got me like the best Christmas present ever, which was sort of like, it was a 12 pack of these mint tins because I was, this was when I was really starting out and um, like 12 pack of these mint tins and then put like a really lovely uh, like word of encouragement in each of them. And so, like, whenever I went to go make a new game, I'd open it up, and then there was like a sort of like, "You could do it! Like, <laughs> you're amazing!" And I was just like, "Yeah, I am amazing! I'm wow. like a good game." So it's kind of that's actually she she started my addiction. That's that's it's her fault. I'm blaming you, Vienna. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's yeah, it's cool. I mean, they're they're, they're great. There's nothing wrong about tins. <laughs> I mean, I have a mint leaf I'm tattoo on my book. wrist, so I I guess I'm a. I'm not. I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I'm not judging. Um, okay, controversial question: Which game is better, yours or the other fellows? <laughs> um, so I think the other one was uh, I think Simon and Cesar uh, did Kitten. Yes, and I mean, yes, they're horses for courses. I prefer Tinder Blocks, but that's my game, so obviously I'm going to prefer it. Um, but when we went to, we had a launch party, and we had mm-hmm. uh, like Tinder Blocks set up, and I had Kitten as well. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, there's like to be honest, I've seen so many people coming up, and they'll just walk straight past Tinder Blocks, and they see the little cat meeple, and they're like hooked. They're immediately in there. So, um, from my point of view, I prefer like. I like the. I don't really like real time games that much. Like I prefer. Hmm. I prefer like sitting back and sort of heckling friends whilst they're taking their turns. So, Tinder Blocks is more my cup of tea for sure. But I mean, they're both great games. And uh, you know, if you like if you like sort of more fast paced stuff, then Kitten is more your bag for sure. Uh, if you prefer, 
I, I, I do like that most of the reviews have been keep referring to Tinder Blocks as a bit of a pub game. <laughs> like everyone's like, oh, it's so lovely. It's for kids. And I'm like, yeah, but have you ever played it with shots on the line? Because <laughs> like, then, then people really, really wow. focus. Like, yeah. And real fire. Oh, yeah. Just get some fireball whiskey. That would be absolutely amazing. Um, what is somebody who start as somebody who's starting, not starting out, but has already had several points of success in your career so far? Mm. What what advice would you give to um, somebody who is starting out, who's got a couple of games? Is there any advice you say? Oh, I'd wish I'd. Wish I'd heard that when I was starting out. It would have saved me, saved me lots of money. Apart from obviously, don't buy mint tins from Amazon. <laughs> but is there any other? Yeah, I think it's that's a good question because I'm doing I'm doing a talk at the end of the month at uh, a gaming convention in Bristol, which is where I'm from, uh, called Concord. Um, I'm I'm bricking it, <laughs> but the uh, the it's the first like public speaking sort of thing. So I thought I could do it on anything, cool. so I'm going to do it on sort of six stories of like how of like six interesting lessons i learned from game design that i don't necessarily know if you're going to find elsewhere but you probably will but like it's not like they're unique to me in a sense but i think that the probably the main the 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 two main parts of that if i can if i can give a sort of half half answer is um is like community and constraints i think that those two ideas were just the things that propelled this little you know board game hobbyist to you know this mm. sort of very lucky success i've had these sort of in the last couple of months and um and it's basically down to you kind of need you kind of need to show people what you're doing um it's it's all good and well to sort of um sort of have a cool game idea and you sort of like keep it to yourself and i, I don't necessarily mean like show the world i'm not talking about like crazy but you know you kind of need to you need to find the people that do care about it. And if you haven't got any of those in your life, go join some gaming groups, whether it's just chatting to people on Facebook or Instagram or, you know, Board Game Geek or whether it's you have a friend who's just so into it. Like you need someone to really want to hear, to see you do well there, really. And that's like the first part. And the second part is constraints. And that's basically every new designer goes down the rabbit hole of just they think they've got a great game idea and they add and add and add. Like cut, yeah. make it, it make the goalposts so narrow that you you literally haven't got a choice but to go through. Like it's basically if there's n- if if you've got something, whether your constraint is a deadline or whether it is only using a specific component or whether it is doing something in a like uh, in a mint tin is that that's my one basically. Find something that that focuses your design and you'll be really surprised how you will innovate to get around those constraints and that's how i've done all my games it's just i'm not allowed to have more than something in a tin so i have to i guess all the cards have to be multi-purpose or they have to really serve their purpose so yeah i think that's they're, they're definitely the two things that pushed me to where i am now which i'm very grateful for but uh you know i don't necessarily see those as much as i think online as as you know there's so much good advice out there. So yeah. And also follow Jamie Stegmaier's blog. That's, 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 that's the third piece of advice. <laughs> that's just gold. That's so. goes, that just goes without saying. I mean, I think that's, that just goes without saying, you know, yeah, well. I think that's everybody's bit of advice. Sometimes that's people's first bit of advice, you know, mm. um, but um, if, if people want to find out more about your bad self, where do you, ex- where do you exist on the internet web nets? Well, the best place to probably find me is where it all began, which is Instagram. Uh, so that's at Board Game Bud. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well now, but I don't really understand it. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of getting better at that. <laughs> and we are on Facebook, but once again, it's a bit it's a bit old that now for me. Um, yeah, so Instagram is the best place. Uh, or you can find uh, on our website at boardgamebud.com. You know, uh, I'm posting blogs. That's my more personal stuff on there. Um, but yeah, okay. you know cool pics on instagram that's 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 my bag <laughs> there we go there it is and uh, what we'll do is what we'll do we will put the links in the show notes so that we have got notes to show um if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to go to the google search for we're not wizards you'll find us that's it that's it we're everywhere that's it it's just like you know we're at, we're at instagram 
<laughs> Facebooks, Twitterers, MySpace. You know, um, my yeah, my you know even websites that do websites that no longer you know exist anymore. Ones that have shut down. You know, you can find us on Netscape if it, <laughs> if it takes your fancy. Um, if you like what you've listened to, tell someone else. One of the ways that we spread is um, through skin to skin contact, but also uh, by people telling us, telling other people about us as well. So feel free to do that. Um, if you want to do something even extra special, go to the Apple Podcasts and consider giving us a rating or a review. We've been doing this for four years. We're maybe worth at least four stars, I think. Um, there's only a couple more things to do. First thing is to remember that we're many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Rob? Absolutely not. No way. <laughs> I'm a rogue. And the, <laughs> and the second thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from the rather wonderful, rather fantastic Mr. Rob Sparks. Say goodbye, Rob. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a been a pleasure for the first podcast. No, thank, no, thank you. Thank, no, thank, no, thank no, you. Thank you. Can, no, can no, no, thank you. It takes two to tango. And the, <laughs> and the second, it, 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 sometimes. And the second thing is, <laughs> and the second thing is, it's a goodbye for me. Stay safe. Roll sixes. Check out, check out um, the Tinder Blocks game on Kickstarter. Because it looks amazing, fantastic, simple and fun. And uh, don't play with petrol, kids. But until the next time, goodbye. A wizard is never late. Is he early? He arrives precisely when he means to.